0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both blessed and challenged by this teaching. I'm going to begin a series tonight on identity. And it's just important to me uh, that, that we begin to realize who we are in Christ. I, I really believe that, that our problem as Christians and why we're not walking victoriously is because we do not understand who we are in Christ. I, I really believe that if we truly understood who we are, if you really understood what God says about you, what his word says about you, you would not be moved by the things of this world. So many of us are moved by what people think about us. Uh, uh, Gwen, I want you to like me. I want your approval. And, and so I care more about that than I do. What, I care more about what Gwen says about me than I care what God says about me. But do you see when you really understand who you are in Christ, who he says you are, when you really understood that, that you are loved, <laughs> that you are loved with an eternal, everlasting love, that, that you are accepted in the beloved, that he has set his approval on you, that, that, that you, are, uh, you are deeply loved by him, do you, do you understand that when you really get that you are a new creation, that the old is God, When you really understand who you are, you are freed up to love the people around you. Then then you're not depending on them to to affirm you, to approve you. Do you understand that if you really understand you already have that in Christ, that he already says you're approved and accepted in the beloved? Do you understand if you really get that deep within your soul, then you're going to be freed up to be all he wants you to be to a lost and dying world. Do you understand that? But so often, we're looking to other people for our identity. We're looking to our jobs for our identity. We're looking to our children or to our spouses for our identity. We're looking to our bank account or how big our house is for our identity. Can I just tell you who you are in Christ? That's what we're going to spend time learning in the next couple of weeks. You say, well, Rhea, I know who I am in Christ. We'll just see. I think many of us as Christians are living far below our potential, far below who he says. We are, do you understand, and and, and forgive me for just being uh, elementary here, but but, but sometimes I think that I just assume that people know this, and and so I want to just go back and review some things that that are facts about who you are in Christ, but one of the biggest ones before we even get into this teaching is I want to, to reiterate to you that you are a new creation, that the old is gone. I don't care what you did, I don't care how bad it was, I'm just wanting to tell you that Christ paid for whatever that was on the cross of Calvary, so that you could be free. He doesn't, see this is where we get get hung up as Christians. We think we are sinners. How many of you have ever heard somebody say this, that I'm a sinner saved by grace? Anybody, have you said that yourself? Can I tell you that, that you are not a sinner saved by grace? You are a new creation. You are a new creation. Sinner doesn't identify you anymore, new creation does. You see, so often what we do is, is we say, I- I'm a sinner saved by grace, and you get up in the morning and you're battling sin, and you hate what you do, and you hate what it does to you, but you can't seem to get free of it, it's because your identity is being, in a, is in being a sinner, and not a son. Do you understand that we are sons and daughters of Christ, joint heirs with Jesus? Do you understand that in this passage I'm going to read to you tonight, he talks about slaves and sonship. And and he says slaves, you know, they don't have a permanent place in the house. Do you understand that a slave doesn't have a permanent place with his master? He could get booted out at any time, but a son, he's got a permanent place with the father. Can I tell you your place with the Father? If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, oh, hallelujah, you've got a permanent place with God. A permanent place with God. If you get up tomorrow morning and you stumble, can I tell you, you have a permanent place with God. Get up and do it again. You've just forgotten your son. You've just forgotten that you're a son. Don't start acting like a slave again. Do you see the difference? You see, the Bible says that when when God created Adam, oh, aren't you so glad that God created us? He didn't just say, let it be, and we were. I love that he took some time with us. He said, let us create him in, in our image. Do you know that God is a triune God, is he not? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and he said, let us, let us create man in, in our image. And, and then he got down and he got dirty and he formed man in the dust of the earth. And, and I love that the word of God says and he got down and he breathed the breath of life into, into Adam and Adam became a living being. A living being. But he created us in his image, and if he's triune, that means we're triune as well. There's some, people would debate this, but I will tell you, what I believe is that we're a triune being. We have a body, do we not? The the Bible says that we have a spirit. We're a born-again spirit, so there's a spirit in us. But I also believe that there's a soul. If you go to 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 4.23 or 5.23, it talks about body, soul, and spirit. If you go to Hebrews 4, where it talks about um, the the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword and it's capable of dividing soul and spirit. If soul and spirit were the same thing, why does God's word say that the word of God can pierce and divide soul from spirit? It's because we have a soul and a spirit and the soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. (laughs) So many of us are led by the soul and not by the spirit. We let our mind dictate to us. We let our emotions dictate. We we let our feelings dictate. (laughs) And the Bible talks about being led by the spirit and not by the flesh. And so Adam and Eve were created in God's image and, and you know they were created for fellowship with God and they walked with him in the garden and they were tied and God says to them, you can have anything you want in this garden, just don't eat of that one tree. And God left and turned us back, and what happened? You know the story. They booked to the tree, and they eat from the tree. The thing that God said, do not eat from this tree, or death will come. Who, who knows that God means what he says? If God says, don't do this, and death will come, count on the fact that it's coming. And so Adam and Eve ate from that tree, and, and God comes into the garden looking for them, and they're hiding, because that's what sin will do. If you are sin conscious instead of God conscious, you will hide from God. You'll you'll hide in shame, you'll hide in guilt, you'll hide in condemnation. But they were hiding from God, and he says, where are you? And I love that the all-knowing God says, where are you? Don't kid yourself, he knew exactly where they were. He was saying, where are the Adam and Eve that I created? Because the ones I created for fellowship, the ones that I created, that knew who they were would never be hiding from me and he says did you eat of the tree and you know the story it went downhill from there and then we have an old testament full of of sacrifices and and they would bring an animal as a sacrifice a substitute for their sin and and the priest would would hold that substitute up before God and and the, the wrath of God would come on that substitute in our in their place and that's what they did forever, <laughs> but then the Bible says that, that, that the, the, the blood of animals were not capable of taking away the sin of man, once and for all, and so there's another plan, and God knew it all along, and he sent his son, the second Adam, to die for us, to take the punishment that we deserve, so that we could be sin-free. Do you understand? <laughs> Do you understand that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ? It's a gift, and He wants you to have it. You don't need to work for this one. You see, the law you needed to work for. You needed to be good enough. You needed to meet it all. You couldn't mess up in any way, shape, or form, or you were done in. And the Bible says that this one is a gift. You don't have to work for it because it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, and not by works, so that no man can boast. <laughs> You see, the only thing I can boast in is the cross of Calvary because I was once lost, but now I'm found. I, 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 I was blind, but now I see. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've done. I know what I've done. I got a list a mile long. Coulda, shoulda, would haves going through my mind. Things I wish I hadn't done things I can't go back and change, but I just want to tell you what, he paid it all. It's just as if I've never sinned. That's what justification is. He looks at me now. (laughs) Get this. Especially you who think you've done it once too often, way too bad, can't go back, wish you could. if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've taken that gift, it's just as if you've never sinned. It's just as if you've never sinned. Some of you say, that's too good to be true. I gotta be able to do something. No, just be. (laughs) Just be. You see, if the law was the way that, that could get you to heaven, Jesus would not have needed to come. I know this is elementary for some of you, but we're going to start from, 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 from step one here. We're not going to jump ahead and just assume everybody knows this. Can I tell you, I assumed it. I've assumed it for the last couple years, and I hear people say, what are you talking about? This, This is the law. No, let me just make it clear right now where we're starting. Step one, if you could do it yourself, Christ wouldn't have needed to come. You are no longer a sinner. That is not, you don't live sin conscious anymore. Christ died for nothing if that was the case. You live God conscious, aware of what he's done for you. You are a son and a daughter, and sons and daughters don't live in the dungeon. They feast at the table with the king. say, well, Rhea, I know that that sin no longer lives in me, but Christ lives in me, but I feel like it still lives in me. I feel like sin still has a place in me. Anybody there? Okay, don't say, I don't sin because you make God out to be a liar. I think there's a scripture about that, isn't there? Okay, so am I the only one? So what about the scripture that says, (laughs) you know, been crucified with Christ, you no longer live, but Christ lives in you, that you're dead to sin. What happens with that? Somebody tell me. <laughs> Let's go back to our story. Julia and, and Kate, can you come up here? Um, I, I told you that, that, that man, Kendall, a man is a three-part being, did I not? Stay with me here. Uh, Kendall is gonna be the body. And Kate is gonna be the soul. What did I tell you the soul was? Your mind, your will, your emotions. And Julia, hi, welcome. Julia's first night here. Everybody say hi to Julia. <laughs> and Julia is gonna be the spirit. Lucky you, Julia. And, and, and so when, you, when God created Adam, he created him um, a three-part being in his image, triune God, so we're three parts. Are you with me? Everybody following me? And, and now we, we have a body, <laughs> we live in a body, and we have a soul, a mind, a will, a emotion, and and we have a spirit because God is a spirit being. We're created in his image. We have a spirit. Are you with me? Okay. So when Adam fell, what happened? Death must surely come. What? Where did death? Did his body start, stop being? No. Sin entered the picture and death came because with sin there's always death, is there not? So what happens now when, we're, when we are created, when we're knit together in our mama's womb and we come into this world and we come in as sinful beings, do we not? Because we were born into Adam. Everybody with me? Sin came into the world through one man and death came with it. Are you with me? So now when you and I come into this world, we come into this world like Adam did, did we not? Full of sin. Ask me, I've had seven children. I will tell you. I didn't teach them to be bad. They they just knew it. They knew to throw their high chair across the room. They they knew to they knew to do naughty things. I didn't have to teach them. All right. The Bible says you must be born again. You see, we were born into the first Adam. <laughs> we were born in. To sin, were we not? and we can't help ourselves. that's our nature. That was our nature, we were born with a sinful nature, were we not, but he says you must be born again. The second Adam came, paid for our, our sin on the cross of Calvary, because he didn't want us to be identified by sin, he wanted us to be identified by sonship. He, he said you're mine, I, I'm going adopt you, I'm making you my own, you're joint heirs with Christ. You are a son, not a sinner, do you understand that? You're a son, not a sinner, and you see, when we get born again it's not our body that gets born again that you don't go back into the womb I think it was Nicodemus that said that you don't go back into the boom the womb and get a new body you sure don't get a new mind who knows that because who knows that that when you get born again you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior you get up the next morning with the same mindset you had before you got Jesus anybody know that what gets born again somebody tell me the spirit gets born again Christ comes and takes up residency and lives within us. He gives us a new spirit. Do you understand? This is The spirit is what gets born again. You must be born again. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't fix yourself. A slave can't emancipate himself. <laughs> you need Jesus. You must be born again. Okay, girls, you can sit down. So now, let's go back to I thought I was crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me, and I thought I was dead to sin. Why in the world do I still want to sin if I'm dead to sin? What was born again? The spirit was born again. What, what type of being am I? A three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. So the spirit that's been born again that lives within me, I still got a soul. Anybody still got a soul that works overtime? You see, what, what is your soul Your Mind, your will, your emotions. The word of God says, and we're gonna to get to this scripture in a couple weeks, he says be ye transformed by what? Do you wanna be transformed? Do you wanna be a different person? Then you renew your mind. You get this mind renewed. You start talking to this mind. You stop, start replacing the lies that you believed as truth all of your life. You start managing your mind. And then you'll be transformed. But in the meantime, <laughs> I got a spirit that's been born again, and it's alive in me, and I love it, but sometimes this soul, this mind gets in the way. Even though I've been crucified, and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. (laughs) Even though I'm dead to sin, sometimes I need to remind my mind that I'm not a sinner, I'm a son, and I need to start behaving like it. You see, I believe our problem is not that we haven't been saved by grace. I, 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 I don't believe our problem is not that we're trying to keep a law. I think we just don't know how to behave like sons and daughters. I, I'm not a sinner trying to learn how to be good. I'm not a sinner trying to learn how not to sin. You see, that's some of you. get up every morning and you think, I just need to learn not to sin. I just need to stop doing this. No, you just need to start being a son or a daughter. Kendall, sweet Kendall, my daughter goes to bed every night and she'll come in my room and often she'll say to me, Mom, I'm sorry if I was sassy today. <laughs> and I'm like, Candy, no big deal. We're walking through this together. Not a big deal, baby girl. You were great. And, and oftentimes i think, why does she say that to me so often? I'm sorry if I was sassy today. Do you know what she's doing? She's not thinking if she doesn't tell Mama she's sorry, she's not going to have a bed there tomorrow morning or she'll be out on the sidewalk. She's... She just wants to make it right. She's my daughter. I, I really, I, I don't like when she's sassy, but I'm gonna love her sassy or not. Do you understand that? But there's something about her coming to me, saying, Mama, I'm sorry if I was sassy today. It just makes my heart rejoice. It, I, would, I forgave her a long time ago for being sassy. I was I was 14 once, I, I know what sassy is, but you see, there's just something that, that just brings fellowship between the two of us when she says, Mama, I'm sorry if I was sassy today. Do you see? Are you with me? She's my daughter. <laughs> I've already forgiven her. I'm going to love her like crazy no matter what she does. If she's sassy and smart-mouthed and, and, and does things that I don't want her to do, I'm still going to love her. She is my daughter. Nothing in the world is going to change that. Do you understand? Now, there might be a little fellowship between the two of us, a little little dif- distance because she'll be ashamed of what she's done and not want to be around mom. You see it? But nothing's changing on my part. She's my baby girl. And my job as a mama is to not say, Kendall, that was really rotten and I can't believe you did this and let me just tell you you were quite sassy today. That's not my job as a mama. My job as a mama is to say, you are so great. Can I tell you who you are, Kendy? Can I tell you how sweet you are? Can I tell you how gifted and talented you are? Can I remind you, Kendall? That's my job as a mama. You are a son and a daughter. And God is not up there saying, shame on you. I can't believe you blew it again. I'm really quite ticked off at you right now. And I might talk to you tomorrow if I feel like it. That's not who he is. We have such a wrong notion of God. Do you understand that? It is the kindness of God that brings about repentance. It's kindness. I don't know what to do with his kindness sometimes. Do you know what? Sometimes I want him to smack me silly. And kindness comes. What is up with that? It makes me undone. I was in the shower, I don't know, a while ago. I mean, I'm in the shower every day. (laughs) And I was talking to the Lord, and I'd had a really bad day, and I was irritable, and I had said some things I wish I hadn't said, and I really just felt down, and I was in the shower, and I was saying, Lord, I don't know why. You put up with me. I, I can't even believe I did this again. And, and now I'm coming to you with the same old thing. I come with you all the time. And, and why do you even put up with me, Lord? I don't know why you even put up with me. And, and I got this overwhelming just feeling of love that just came over my soul. And I just had, I just felt like he was saying, Rhea, I, I knew you, you're not surprising me. That sin doesn't surprise me. That stuff is not a surprise to me. It, can, can I just tell you who you are underneath that? Can I, can I remind you who I know you are, Rhea? I, I have confidence and I know who you are because you were created in my image. I know what's underneath that. And so don't get bogged down by all that stuff, Rhea. Get up and say, I am a, I am a child of God. I am a daughter of the king. I am a son. And I must start behaving like one. And it's not, I have to do this, 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 and this. <laughs> he says, You've been set free from sin. That means sin doesn't have to bog you down anymore. When you realize, I don't have to be sin conscious anymore. I can be God conscious, I can fix my eyes on Him, I can set my eyes on things above, and I can begin to become who He says I am. It's not a work thing, it's a I'm becoming who He says I am. Do you see it? And so, before we could begin any series on identity, we had to get that straight from the start. But I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 8. Oh, this is good stuff. Now, I want you to remember that as we go through this teaching, I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. And and I want you to always keep in mind that this isn't about works. This is about being and becoming who he says you are. John chapter 8, verse 30 As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Can't you just hear that? Ah, well. I can't even believe you're telling me I'm in bondage to something. Isn't that how we are sometimes? I don't have any bondage. I'm super spiritual. I got it all together. and Don't we do that? And Can't you just hear him here? They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides forever therefore if the son makes you free you shall be free indeed I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I I just love that. My word has no place in you. Oh, can I just ask you tonight, does his word have a place in you? Have you made room for his word in your life? We make room for lots of things in our life, but I wonder if you've made room for his word in your life. He said, my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come from myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, and we're gonna talk about this in the next couple weeks, who knows that the devil is the father of lies? Lies are his native language. He can't speak any other language. I I just want you to really be aware of the thoughts you're having, and I want you to ask yourself, is that truth? Is that the voice of love that's speaking to me? Because I I want to just tell you, the Bible says that my sheep know my voice, and they will not receive the voice of another. Oh, I just love that. They they, they won't receive it. In other words, the enemy's going to still be talking. He's still going to try to talk to you, but you've got to say, I'm not receiving that voice, because I'm. I know the voice of my shepherd. I know him. It's a voice of love. And if what I'm listening to is not a voice of love, if it's not affirming me, if it's not building me up, if it's not encouraging me, if it's not exhorting me, it is not a voice of love, and I'm not listening to it. I'm not receiving it. And we have got to begin to mind our mind. The Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. It's his native language. And he whispers... He whispers, but they're always lies. Are you identifying his lies? Do you know the voice of truth? The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and they will not receive the voice of another. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is the liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you will not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. I just want you to look at that that scripture in verse 30. It says, and as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Do we have it up there, Don? And as he spoke these words, many believed in him. But look at verse 31. Then he said to those Jews who believed him, Uh, I want you to, to notice that small change there. It's just small, but I want you to see the difference. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. And then he began talking to those who believed him. Who knows there's a difference between believing in God and believing God. It's a small change there in scripture, but I don't want you to miss it. He's talking to the people who believed him who believed him, and he's saying to them, if you abide in my word, and my words abide in you, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, remember, he's talking to people who were professing to be followers of him, who were saying, I want to follow you, I believe in you, and some say, I believe you, you see, some of you are in that place where, where you can say, like, like the, the, the people in verse 30, you believe in God. <laughs> you believe in him. But some of you are stuck there because you've never gone to that place of maturing of your faith where you actually believe God. You believe he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. You believe his word is yea and amen to those who believe. You see, as we begin this series on identity, it's going to be vital that you believe God. That you believe him, because you're not gonna feel it. You're gonna say, I'm chosen. You tell me I'm chosen, I sure feel rejected. You tell me I'm accepted, and I feel this rejected, what are you gonna believe? Are you gonna believe what you feel? Remember, feelings, mind, will, emotions, soul. Chosen, accepted, spirit. What are you gonna believe? The voice of the liar, you're gonna get rejected again. People don't love you. When they find out who you really are, they're going to leave you. Or are you going to say, I am accepted in the beloved. I am deeply loved by him. That's enough for me. I know who I am in him. And these people are as broken as I am. And if they reject me, that's their stuff. But I am so comfortable in who I am in him. I'm so secure in who. Do you know that the word salvation, that's going to make me hop. Do you know that the word salvation You've been saved by grace. Do you know that that word means, oh, uh, Leslie, we've got to find it in my notes. Uh, do you know that it means, this is so good I don't want to mess it up. And I'm going to have to. Oh, it means saved, healed, protected, delivered, to be kept safe and sound, preserved and made whole. Oh, that's hallelujah if I ever heard it. You see, some of us think we pray a prayer of salvation to get to heaven. Grieves me. I can't even tell you how many times I've been in a conference where where I've said, you know, you want to pray this prayer of salvation, and I've had people raise their hand or come forward, and and this is how you get to heaven. (laughs) There's one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. That's all True. But can I tell you, it's so much more than just a prayer to get to heaven. It is a prayer to get heaven into you, to make that spirit man born again. Looking like Jesus. Do you understand? He he never meant it to just be this prayer that you pray to go to heaven and you live like hell till you get there. He meant it to be a prayer that you get heaven into you and you begin to affect the world for him. You begin to understand that you are saved. You are delivered. You are healed. You are made whole. You are safe and sound in him. You are preserved and protected. Oh, that is a hallelujah if I ever heard it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, to the people, who there, there were many who believed in him, but he said to the people who believed him. That, that, that's just a one step higher. And, and I'm just going to ask you, do you believe him? Do you believe his word? Do you believe it's yea and amen? You've got to settle that tonight. You've got to understand that his word is forever settled in heaven. He means what he says. And when he says you have been accepted in the beloved, he means it. Susie down the street can reject you all she wants, but you, my dear friend, are accepted in the beloved. I care so much more that he accepts me than anybody else rejecting me. Do you believe him? So now he says to this to the people who believed him. If you abide in my word, then, somebody say then, then you are truly My disciples, I I want you to know what that word abide means there. It doesn't just mean to visit on Sunday morning. It doesn't just mean to sit under the preacher's teaching and, and hear the word of God. That word abide means to remain, to sojourn, to tarry, not to depart, to continue to be present, to be held, to keep continually, to wait for. Abide doesn't just mean hearing his word. It means doing his word. It means applying it. It means obeying it. It means letting it have its place in you. I'm just going to tell you, there is a difference. We are saved by grace. Hear me say it. I told you very clearly, we are saved by grace. But this is my Jesus speaking. And he says loud and clear, this is how I know you're my disciples. This is what it looks like to walk as a disciple. You abide in my word. You live, you tarry, you sojourn, you you let it live in you, you live in that thing. Are you living in that thing? Are you abiding in it? Are you having it never far from your mind throughout the day? Are you putting it in front of you? Are you meditating on it? Because he says, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and then, then, we love to quote this scripture, you shall know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. Well, how do you know the truth? You abide in his word. You get you in that word until that word gets in you. Jesus is making this the distinction here. Rhea's not making this distinction. Jesus is. He says, if you abide, live, tarry, sojourn, remain in my word. And the truth of it. That doesn't just mean I'm going to get up and read this word, Gwen. It means I'm going to let it get in me until I believe it as truth, until it lives in me as truth, until it radiates in my mind as truth. When you do that, you'll know the truth. And that word know, it's so good. It's not just know. What time is it? It's not just know. It means to to know intimately, to know deeply, to to, to know intimately his word. It's a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. Let let me just tell you, that's what it means. It means an intimate knowing. I got to tell you, I know my man. Davy, where are you? I know my man. It's that kind of intimacy. I can tell you every mole on his body. See, that some of you that mess with your religious spirit, can I just tell you, that's God's word? He says, If you abide in my word then you're truly my disciples and you shall know intimately the truth and the truth is gonna set you free. See some of you know intimately the lies. (laughs) It's been spoken over you all of your life. Some of you know intimately uh, the, the lies that have been drummed into your mind from your own thinking but do you know intimately his truth? Can I tell you, when we're done with this series, you are going to know intimately his truth, and it is going to set some people in this room free. It's going to set them free. I want to go down just a couple verses and look at, just I know it's getting late, but I I just want to look at a few more things. I want you to see that Jesus says, down in verse 38, I was reading this out loud, and it just hit me. I'd been reading through this passage, meditating on it, and then I read it, and I saw something I hadn't seen before. Look at verse 38. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Look at that. You see what I'm saying? He says, I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. He goes on to tell them that their father is a devil. It's interesting to me that these people are people who believed in him. They're people who profess to be following him and eventually he says, you know what? You're not acting like your daddy. You're not acting like your father. You're acting like the devil. That's who you're acting like. Oh church, I just wonder how many of us profess to follow him. How many of us are laid down lovers we say of Jesus. How many of us say we believe in him but, but I wonder how many of us act like the, the devil in our behavior he says I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father I just want you to look at those two words before we leave because it's going to be imperative that you understand this as we go on into this uh, identity series that word I speak what I have seen that word speak it means to utter words in accordance with one's inner character to utter words in accordance with one's inner character. Jesus says, I speak, because you know he said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I see my father saying. Oh, I wonder what would happen, church, if we lived that way, that we only did what Jesus did, we only said what he told us to say, that we had no idle words coming out of our mouth, that we had no behaviors, that he would not tell us, that we wouldn't go do something he didn't tell us to do. What would happen, church, if we actually lived that way? And Jesus is saying, I speak, I utter the words that are in keeping with my inner character. I speak only what I've seen my father do. And you do what you see your father do. That word do there, this is what I, I just stay with me because it's deep, but I want you to get it. That word do, it means to follow some method in expressing by deeds and feelings the thoughts of the mind. In the next couple weeks, we're going to begin talking about our thought life and, and how we need to mind our mind. And I want you to see as we go through this series how much of what we do, how much of what we say are all revolving around the thoughts in our minds. That's why it's so important that we mind our mind. But I want you to see that this word do here, there are two Greek words that mean Do. Well, when the Bible translates and you see the word do, it's one of these two Greek words. And, and one of the words is prasso, and that word, it means to do. And it has a secondary meaning, and it means to practice. So in other words, I'm gonna do something over and over and over, I'm gonna practice it, I'm gonna get good at it, are you with me? And the second word is poeo, and it's this word that, that's used in this passage when Jesus said, you do what you see your Father do. That word means to create. It has a secondary meaning to do, but it it primarily means to create, and it has the idea of a naturally occurring action. Now, stay with me. This is the word that was used. It's used, one of the the Greek dictionaries I read said, this word is used when they're talking about poets or artists, and it means, for example, one commentator said, for example, an artist, when she paints she she grabs a hold of the brush and and she has some control of the brush with her hand are you following me and she's doing she's painting with that brush and some control is in her hand but what she's creating and what she's doing is flowing out from inside of her the expression of what's inside of her the overflow of what's inside of her onto that canvas are you following me That's the word Jesus uses there. He says, you do what you've seen your father do. Oh, that grieved my soul because I thought every ugly action that I do is flowing from inside of me. It's creating from what's inside of me. Oh, you're not following me, because if you were following me, you'd be as undone as I was this week. Do you understand the implications of that? That means when I am ugly and I forget that I'm a son, what's flowing out of me is, is what's in there to begin with. And that ugly is flowing out of me into the lives of other people because I have not, on my spirit's made new. I've forgotten I'm a son, and I'm behaving in a way that's just flowing out of me. I'm doing because it's who I am inside. Does that penetrate anybody but me? Jesus is saying, I speak, I utter my inner character because of what I've seen with my father. That's who I am. I can't be anything else. But you, you're professing to follow me, but you're poeo, You're creating because of what's inside of you is naturally flowing out of you under the canvas of life. That's why it's so important we don't forget that we're sons. Do you know who you are? One last story and then I'll let you go. We have seven children and um, we have three boys, a set of twins, boy and girl, and then two daughters. So three boys, four boys and three girls. And our three oldest boys, you know, they plowed the way for everybody and then up comes this beautiful little girl, Christy. And, and, and she's just the apple of my eye and, and never caused a stitch of trouble in her whole entire life. And uh, But when she was in high school, Our son Tyler was in college, and uh, she did something. And it was so out of character for Christy. It was naughty. And and I saw it, not because she wanted me to see it, but you know God reveals this stuff, Kendall. God reveals it. (laughs) 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 And, And so I saw it, and I called Tyler, and I said, Tyler David, did you see what your sister did? And he said, Mama, do not have a meltdown. Do not punish her. Do not ground her for life. Don't scream at her. He said, remind her who she is. Tell her she's better than that, Mom. That's what you need to do. You need to love her and tell her she's better than that. Now, that's out of a 20-some-year-old telling his old mom truth. Who knows that if I'd gone to Chrissy and punished her forever and grounded her as much as I wanted to, it it wouldn't have done anything. But I went to her and I said, Tiki Barber, this is not who you are, precious one. You are better than that. Let me just remind you who you are. Do you love that he went to the cross and he bore our sins so that those sins didn't need to weigh us down, that our identity is not in being a sinner, in messing up, in doing wrong, that our identity, he says that, that he, he wants us to be sons and daughters, heirs, joint heirs with Jesus. That means everything he gets, we get too. Do you just love that? And, and he went so that we wouldn't be identified by sin anymore. Hey, I love the, the picture of justification. It's, it's, it's God the Father. Did you ever look through a balloon, like a pink balloon? If I was looking through a pink balloon at Gwen, all I would see is Gwen pink. Are you following me? And when God looks down, he looks at us through his son, Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus. And he doesn't see a sinner. He sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. The, The wrath of God was poured out on the cross of Calvary so that we could be free, so that we could be in right relationship with Christ again. That's the truth about who you are. If you're here tonight and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the truth of who you are. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, he loves you. He loves you. And he wants you back. He wants to make it just as if you've never sinned. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they were created for fellowship with God, but when they sinned in the garden, that sin separated them from God. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he bridged that separation between God and man so that we could be back into fellowship with God. Your sin doesn't kick you out of fellowship with God. If you know Jesus, the cross bridged that gap that's who you are I know it's elementary for those of you that are here tonight and you say we've heard this story I understand this truth come back next week but there are some people that don't understand that truth and we had to start there because that is the basic truth of who you are in Christ sanctified set apart he calls you a saint not a sinner <laughs> a saint not a sinner And how quickly we can slip back into that works mentality. I have to earn this. I have to do something. I have to be good enough. He already says you are good enough in him. Now go be this week. Be. Who he created you to be? You're created in His image. I love this. I was sharing with the team last night that the, there is a scripture that says, "But God demonstrated His love for us in this: that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us." Do you love that? That God demonstrated His love for us. He demonstrated it. <laughs> it that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated His love when I wasn't even sorry. When I was still a sinner. When I was still ugly, just just spitting. In his face. I didn't even know I needed him. And yet he demonstrated his love for me that, that time. While I was yet still a sinner. And, and I heard him say to me this week. Now Rhea, I want you to go demonstrate my love to, to the people around you. I want you. You were created in my image. Now you go demonstrate my love to the people around you. But Lord there are some people that are hard to love. While they were yet still sinners Rhea. You see if you understand who you are in me. You can love the unlovable. You can love those people who you want to slap silly because you understand who you are and me. You'll be secure in that. So their rejection or their acceptance of you is not going to move you. I was at Frame Park uh, yesterday. I was walking and and, and I was was thinking about the sermon. I had my mind on other things and I happened to look up and there was a lady sitting on a bench and she looked so sad. She just, her face was downcast, and I walked by her, and I said, oh, Lord, would you just bless her? She looked so sad. He said, go talk to her, and, and I'm telling you, I, I, I don't often do that because I always think, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm a lunatic, Lord, and I did, not I turned around immediately, and I went right back over to that, bar, that park bench, and I sat down with her, and I said, I, I'm a Christian. And I said, and I walk by you and you just look so sad, precious one, And, and I heard God tell me to tell you that he loves you and that he sees your pain. Do you know that he sees your pain and he loves you? Do you know he loves you? And she looked at me like I had lost my mind. And I smiled at her just as sweet as can be and I I touched her arm and I got up all sweaty like I was and and I got back in my car and normally I would have walked away and I would have said, oh, I can't believe you made me do that, Lord. But this time, because I know who I am, I was like, oh, Lord, would you just bless her? Would you just give her a revelation of who you are? Oh, Father, would you give me another chance at her? I pray she's back there when I'm back at Frame Park the next time and we get to talk again. Do you understand when you understand who you are, you'll be fearless for him because your acceptance or your rejection of me does not define me. I am defined by who he says I am. And he's pretty pleased. He is pretty pleased. Go be this way. Don't wake up saying, I blew it again. A righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up every last time. Get up and start again. Little Kendall, I'll often say to her, tomorrow's a new day, sweetie bugs. We start again tomorrow. Get up and start being. So, Father, I thank you. My heart's just rejoicing to be back here tonight and Lord, I thank you for each person that that made the effort to get here, and I pray, Lord God, that you would grant revelation, deeper revelation, Lord, of who we are in you. Lord, that this would not be a, just a message that we preach, Father, that it would go deep into the hearts and the minds of these men and women. I pray that it would divide soul and spirit, Lord, that it would it would get between the thoughts and the lies and the the the, the Uh, the, the things that we have believed as truth that are lies. Lord, I pray that it would divide those things and that it would give us revelation, Lord, of who we truly are in you. Lord, I thank you that we are defined by who you say we are. And I pray, Lord, that we would begin to be, that we begin to act like the sons and daughters you call us to be. Let us demonstrate your love this week, Lord. We're agents of your love. Ambassadors of heaven. (laughs) We get to take you wherever we go. This world isn't our home anyway. We're just passing through. We're ambassadors here called to represent. (laughs) Represent you, Lord. Let's represent this week, guys. thank you that we get to represent you King of Kings Lord of Lords wrap these people in your love Lord God let them have a revelation of your great love for them Lord those who are walking in condemnation I thank you Lord that there is now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus the old is gone I pray for old to be gone old messages to stop, old habits to be broken. Lord, I pray that that we would hear your voice this week like we have never heard it before. The voice of love beckoning and calling. I pray that as we get in the word this week, Father, that you would reveal truths of who we are in you. And we wouldn't have to go looking, Father. Thank you that you want us to get this. Oh, we love you, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea, or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries Please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com Or you can call 414-581-8150 We pray you are both encouraged and challenged to go deeper and grow stronger in your walk with Christ